everybody and welcome to this very special episode of the Social Wave Project. My name is Sarah Francis but everyone calls me Sez and usually I upload each episode once a month talking to various guests about the topics that they feel is important to them as well as trying to raise awareness in various communities. I'm, I'm gonna get there with the intro but I'm definitely gonna get that. I've almost got it but I haven't really got it right but I'm getting there and um, yeah so in this special episode for this month I have been working on a weekly project and it involves National Epilepsy Week and National Epilepsy Week in the UK is from the 24th of May to the 30th of May 2021 and as part of this week I decided to upload one of my videos into a podcast and one of the episodes that I decided to upload was my interview with Dominique Davis also known as Variety D and in this episode as well as recording the collab on my YouTube channel me and Dominique talked about her latest campaign that was released called Purple Today Black Tomorrow as well as talking about comedy and comedians within the arts industry and within the black community as well. This episode will contain some little bit of strong language but apart from that it's all completely fine and I really enjoyed spending lots of time interviewing Dominique and I'm gonna hand it over to me and her right now. So I am joined by the amazing Dominique Davis also known as Variety D. Dominique hello! Hello. <laughs> How are you? Well I'm awake now thanks for waking me up and um you know getting on getting looking all nice and you know trying to get into this um get the part you know being interviewed because I know you're going to make millions you're going to be like you know superstar and stuff so yeah so thanks oh. for having me oh you're welcome anytime it's such a pleasure to have you and um, I know I've introduced you at the beginning but Dominique would you like to introduce yourself okay so like you heard um uh, my name is Dominique Davis um I'm known as Variety D um I'm a variety because my uh, my heritage I'm a mix of South American, Jamaican, and British, basically a drink, or should I say a cocktail you don't want to drink. So a South American rum, Jamaican punch, and a British beer, all in one cup. Yeah, you go in the toilet. But you know, it's good to be born, good to be alive. So um, yeah, I don't know why I'm wearing these shades for, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still locked down in my mum's house. So. Oh, it's so crazy how you like mixed drinks as well. I like that. Because uh, people should also know, I'm also the first black disabled comic in Britain. So if anyone wants to dispute it, holler at me on um, Variety D. Just please Google me, Variety Letter D. Don't put two Ds because my boob size ain't that big. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, that's really good to know, really, because I know I've been like looking up at everything that you do, really, Dominique. And then there are so many bits that I have like really got, including a one special thing that you've done recently, which we'll get to that in a minute. But the first question that I wanted to ask is that with your epilepsy, your epilepsy mm -hmm. that you have is called complex partial epilepsy. Have I got it right? Yeah, slightly complex partial epilepsy. Oh, I, I, I knew I would I could get the, the, one of the names wrong, but I will not Don't worry, it's, sci it's science. It's the science. Yeah, don't stress. Even um, I got it wrong, I'm little. 
oh it's okay though it's just like one of the scientific things and then with your diagnosis what's your story behind your diagnosis um so I was diagnosed when I was about eight well I was diagnosed with ground ground mal epilepsy if that if I said that right when I was eight months old then I was reaching over toddler age that's when I got the complex partial because people back then especially in the early 90s uh, misconstrued it as in misbehavior, uh, hyperactive disorder, or something because because you're not you can't hear. You, it's not like you're not listening. It's like you, when you have a seizure, you can't hear, you can't see. You can you speak like gobbledygook. You know, it's you, you're not aware where you are. So they get they'll get in my neurological circumstance mixed with autism, if I'm right, or some sort of ADHD, something like that. Back then. Years later, I mean, my mum, you know, she fight really hard to gain the right diagnosis and have the right child uh, neurologist, if that's a yes, neurologist, see, these bloody words. Anyway, so, um, yeah, uh, and I took it from there. So the problem is with society and educational institutions, like um, my my first primary school, I went to three um, down here in South London. So, yeah, if you don't know, uh, I can tell from my voice. I'm a South Londoner and I'm proud. So, um, and yeah, so it's been, it's been really tricky. There's been moments where I've been supported and then there's been moments where there's ignorance. But to, having said that, it still happens now, but because I'm older and getting wiser, you're not too old to learn something new. Um, you're starting to become more aware on that who really cares and who doesn't really care don't give a damn they're really going oh you've you got problems no I'm, I can't go near you I might catch epilepsy oh my god oh you know kind of thing now I remember uh, a few years ago someone said that um it seems like I've been caught by by a, a demon spirits or something like that whenever I have a seizure and that was rude but I've had a go at them because they're no don't talk about my sister like that because um, I've got two brothers who have um, autism um and they represent um represent black boys and young black men with autism who are going to become incredible video gamers and reviewers and stuff because we don't get to in our in our communities we don't get to talk about that that much especially the older generation now with a new generation and we're going to build a legacy for the next one we're trying to break barriers but it's hard you know especially for me even in the world of comedy i've been starting comedy since i was what 16 years old and i'm i've just turned 30 so um yeah it's just really it's really weird and I still got more to go because comedy has no age, let alone knowledge. It's really good that you pointed out um, how the stigma for epilepsy is going, because I recently uh, did some research on that. And a lot of people, the stigma has been going on for about, uh, say, like a thousand years, really, because some yeah. people intend to believe in a religious point of view. Epilepsy, according to like religious people, uh, which um, probably might have been carried on into the 21st century, but I don't know. But if it is, it's like... Some parts of the world, yeah. They, they think that um, it's um, having epilepsy is a sin against God and you've been punished by yeah, it. Yeah, they always think that, yeah. Oh, it's just awful. I, I mean, it's so disgusting, really, to think about that as well. Yeah, because I think the reason why some... I'll say some tribes, I'll say, I'll say that word, tribes, yeah, will think things like that. Um, because you've got to remember, it's not just like uh, con- like um, big lands like like Africa. There's also parts of uh, Middle East. You've got parts of India. You've got um, I think parts of New Zealand as well. If I'm right, I think the Aborig- Aboriginal culture. Um, I've got to look into that. 
who also still believe in that, that it is a form of punishment. It is um, a sin. You, um, so you know, like when you have trouble, not wake, not sleeping, but waking up. So when your body is not awake, but your eyes are, you know where you are, but you're literally stiff. You just, you just can't, you can't move. You're not going, why can't I move? So it's like, you're kind of like halfway in your dreams and in, in reality. So it's that kind of derealization kind of thing. So they do see it as these old grim tale stories that you've been stuck. Or I'll give you a good, good example. I think I don't know which Harry Potter it was, but it's where literally Hermione's like this, like this girl going like that. I just point at something. Let is that she had a seizure. You know what I'm saying? You know, and they have to go and find some antidotes to go and save her, you know, from that. So it's it's they do see it as those old um to say methodic type of things. And um, it's a shame. A lot of people think that they think they could they combine those things together because of either religious views or cult. You got to remember, there's also there's different between being a religious person and cultish, and then you've got ones who are not religious, who are um, atheists, but they believe in these conspiracies. So you've got those, those three there. And I said, that's a lot. One too many. It does sound like that, really. And then moving on from that into a, like a personal stuff, because you said um, you were diagnosed at 18 months. Yeah, about, yeah, I was eight months old. And then um, that was ground, ground mild seizures, if that, if that pronounced that right. And then later on, when I was a toddler, got the complex partial diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that so, was, that was hard. like I said, my mum like literally made sure I didn't like she weren't mucking about. She just made sure, okay, my daughter does not have that one. She has something else, but we need to find this out because you got to remember in the early nineties, science and modern medicine and all that kind of stuff that we have now, technology, for instance, wasn't like as it is now back then. People thought there was only two type of epilepsies. They thought it was. The one uh, I call it shaking Stevens after singer when you fall on the floor and he's just literally shaking and stuff's come out your mouth and then you've got the one where it's flashing lights like you're allergic to Kodak and Nikon and stage and that's not me so um yeah because I wouldn't be a comedian so <laughs> <laughs> oh that that's really good really but um like when you were diagnosed and then looking back from yeah. when you were little all the way up to now how did it really affect your, your life, really, in terms of getting support from your family or how you um, fit in, if that makes sense? I mean, I still have family members that don't understand it. Or, like I said, some of them don't want to understand it because they, they think they know it all, so they give it all that. And then um, they'll say, to me, no, you can't come to the concert with us. Got flashing lights. And I'm going, I don't have photosensitive. I am sensitive to the heart. I wear my heart to my sleeve. But... I'm not so sensitive, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it gets on your nerves, it's like, <laughs> like, kind of thing. And then you've got others who think they know how to help you within your seizures, but they really don't. So they'll try to put something in your mouth to try to, you know, like hold you back and all that. No, no, that, that's not how you do a complex partial. The main thing you've got to do is make sure that me as a person is in a safe space. And then you put a cold flannel or something on my forehead, chest, or the back of the neck. And keep calling my name. Just going like it's a bit like a baptism, isn't it? Like it's keep <laughs> calling my name <laughs> until I wake up, you know. And it takes about duration of like uh, sixty seconds to two minutes. It's tough for someone who's never come across that before. But my family, because I've come across it me uh, all my life, it's just like oh, she, oh, she's away with the fairies again. All right, I come, I'm here. 
Okay, I've got a cold or a sponge or something. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. You're back now. All right, hi. You know, go to go to your bed. Go to sleep. You know, kind of thing because when you after you have a seizure, you're tired. You're not good because your brain is literally having a fight with all the atoms inside of your, your skull. It's having a battle. You know, like Stewie from Family Guy. You know, it's really it's kind of mad. <laughs> it's like a it's like a Marvel vs DC kind of like, What's happening? <laughs> What's Ant Man doing in this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can definitely really see the resemblance with Family Guy. That that that's just amazing, really. Because personally, I you don't know, watch I was that. Still it. We're he's all fat. He's trying to get in there. Oh. <laughs> Look like Space Invaders. Oh, that's amazing. That's a, it, it's really good to know that. Um, because you do feel tired once you have a seizure, and yeah, it can make you sense. Of, yeah, because it can make you sense like what's going on. Where am I? and yeah. that sort of thing but yeah growing up when you were from a child all the way up to when you went to university because you um were at chicken shed university like I was well chicken shed theater why do I call it a university <laughs> no because what it is um for people who don't know chicken shed is actually a um what's it called an a, a affiliation association with uh, middle middlesex university so <laughs> middlesex is hendon and chicken shed is um southgate and before I went, year, year before I went to Chicken Shed, I went to Arts Depot, which is in Finchley, North Finchley. So that's also associated affiliation to Middlesex University because they're all connected. That's their main hub, you know, Middlesex Uni. But those other institutions, are they have their own thing. You see what I'm saying? Their own ethos. So yeah, Chicken Shed, as we both know, because we went there, is uh, based on predominantly disabled actors, performers, or people just want to tell their own story in their own way yeah yeah that's it because I really didn't know that but yeah I definitely forgot about that but then also were you ever afraid of being judged by everyone when you told them you were epileptic and because that's the biggest worry really and because everyone might go through the stage really if you feel like you're being judged um, by your friends and then there will be people who think that they are your friends but then they pretend to be your friends and um because yeah. I know that we did have a talk about it just about a few weeks ago or on your birthday when the, I was on zoom for your birthday and because yeah. you did talk about that as well didn't you yeah yeah, because I, I don't muck about. I'll literally tell you if I'd be like, because you've got to remember, um, like I said earlier, I am, okay, if this makes sense, I, I always say this all the time, I want to make a probably t-shirt out of it. Trigger Shed is based in South Gate, but I am born and raised from the from the real gates of the South, meaning that I'm a South Londoner. I am born a Lambeth girl, so that's Borough, not an Enfield. You know what I'm saying? The only field that we know about in South London is Earlsfield. You know what I'm saying? Like, we nah. Is a totally different different thing. So on the other side of the Thames, North London, when I first went to Chicken Shed, I felt like a stranger, if that makes sense, because you'll see you see everyone around you, you're aware, and you're going, yeah, you're not from you're not from my area. But even when they look at you, they're like, you're not from here either. You walk differently, you talk differently. You're not from North. <laughs> you we can tell you don't smell that. Like- you don't smell like normal. If it feels like X Men, like I feel like I'm in the mutant, I'm not going. Wait, what's going on? Like it kind of thing. You see? <laughs> 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 my, my best friend, yeah, my best friend. I'm not sure you remember her, um, Shakira, um, mm-hmm. Shakira Badley. She she was on um, one of the students. Well, she came um, 
a few weeks later on uh, due to family circumstances. And um, she was in the same class as me. And like, she was even going, hey, it's really different here. What? You know, kind of she had that brummy accent. Like, what was going on? You know, kind of thing. And she kind of, she knew. And even they looked at her and went, you're not from here. Obviously one for the accent. And two, she's very, um, what's it called, not flamboyant, but she's like, she stands out because of like her, she's a fashionista, you know, as well as a rapper and a lyricist. And a, and a poet uh, which runs in her family for, for many many generations so so with me being comedian and I have my my family as well who are in the industry and her family as well it's like oh my god and I think we couldn't say much we we literally said to each other said we're not going to tell them who who we are where we come from we're gonna we're gonna see how kicking shed theatre in particular is like as an institution for someone who they who they hardly know so be more placid give them little information that they know and take from there. So I can't say, it was perfect, it was great. Da, 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 da. Yeah, there were some nice elements there. I mean, look, like yourself, you know, um, there were lovely people who I still get in contact with. Um, but there was also the bad side of it where you had ones who are non-disabled. They think they know it all, like what you said earlier, which is actually true. Good God, why is that you dropping into me now? Um, yeah, they think they know it all, but they don't know nothing. You know, like we say down there, don't know F4. Um, like, and then you've got ones where, oh, you want the limelight? Oh, you're, you're attention seeking. Okay. All right, then. Oh, so you think you're the best rapper? Oh, you think you're the best actress? And then, okay. Ego. All right, then. Let's pop down at ego, Sarah, shall we? Kind of thing. Oh. And it was, it was like a, a new challenger. You're like a Super Smash game. It's like challenger. Yeah. And, but yeah. the problem is, you're not accepted. They don't accept the challenge because they're so scared. But they put it on the front. So I'm like, okay, all right then. When I went there and I got my degree, you know, um, I need got I need got excluded twice in there. I got yeah, I need got suspension once, excluded the second time because a lot of them call me the rebel in Chicken Shed because I I wasn't having it. And I was just like, you're telling me what to do. Like you know, there's a word called an ensemble. Yeah, yeah. You're meant to do an ensemble piece with all your group, all your um, acting associations that you're with, you know, your, your, your team. But when that one or two people would say, well, I'm going to be over here and you stand over here and then they'll pull you as well and then be like, oh, you stand over here. But excuse me, what are you calling me for? I have legs. Say left or right. You know, if you say jump, I'm not going to say how high you are. I'm going to say, hang on a minute. Okay. You know, kind of thing. It was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. no, there was a few I think should I say teachers or the, the staff the, the higher ups who found out I think it was the third term said you're not just a student you actually work in the business you're, you're in the industry aren't you and I was like yes <laughs> because you know you, you have to go up these stairs if I remember because it was nine years ago I've been I've never been there since you have to go up there and you can use the the institution's phone the chicken shed uh, phone to phone somebody important so for instance I always just use the phone to update my equity um, association uh, thing and when some of the staff found out about that they were like wait a minute who phoned equity organization that and they went it was Dominique was Dominique phoned them for wait a minute <laughs> and then they started putting it was like a detective code it was like the site goes she's not really just a student here she's also a performer since 16 good god and at the time it was what 2012 2013 so I was about 21 22 years old so it's like they were like for six years she's been established and no one's told us about this she didn't put it on a on a um, cover letter or something like that I said no 
<laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not going to show off. I'm not going to do it. I'm not that kind of person. I want to know you. I want to know how you're going to treat me, you know? So that way I know the truth, like the realism of everybody. So even when I had when I had a seizure backstage, a lot of people were very anxious. They didn't know what to do. You know, it was really, it had that impact on them because they'd never seen someone with that kind of epilepsy before. So again, they thought I was being mischief. They thought I was like, you know, being, I don't know, crazy or something. Or if I took something, either class A, class B, nope, well, I got was A plus. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was just that they thought, I was going off one, but when my best friend Shakira said to them, no, she's having a seizure, right, come, let's put her in a safe place and get something cold. And the people that did help, genius. And I remember taking a day off. I think the production was called Globalize and I couldn't participate in one day. And uh, I had to participate the next following day and it wasn't even a big part anyway. I was like, it's what I'm doing. I'm just going to be walking up here in the middle, looking up in the frigging thing, you know, ceiling and walking off. What kind of part is this? So I had my diva moment. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, but I, I'm a star. But then, then I said to myself, oh, 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 they don't know that you're a comedian. You've been doing acting for God knows how long. So you got, you got to bite your tongue. Got to, you got to... <laughs> oh, that is crazy. Because I remember like being in Globalize as well. Because that was the very first show. Well, one of the first shows I did at Chicken yeah. Shed. And I remember I really couldn't perform as well just because I was ill. But this is way before I was diagnosed with epilepsy. And uh, I, I know really? we're getting a bit off topic, but it's kind of... No, that's all right, because it connects with what, how it is as an industry point of view and still having the disability, how far we've come. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I'm still, like I said, I'm breaking barriers when it comes to culture, classism as well. You know, because remember, I'm from a working class South London. I'm, I'm, okay, I say to people, I'm a Cockney Caribbean girl. You know, <laughs> if someone said toad, toad in the hole, yeah, I wouldn't think of a actual toad who's actually stuck in the hole. I'll think of food, you know. <laughs> well, other people think the other this definition of it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, actually, because that's the thing. Toad in the hole is very confusing, really, because everyone just thinks it's a bit different. I know I always find it confusing. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. But then also with like addition to that, it's it's really interesting how you put up with like stigma and then people trying not to help really and then also yeah. people who don't have disabilities they don't understand you one yeah. example of this was one of my friends in my class I won't say her name for privacy reasons but um, oh, no, she... the same thing I did what do you think I did five minutes ago I made sure I didn't say the teacher's name didn't say none of the, the team thingies the ensembles or the one young lady who was being a riot foster if I can say that sorry she got on my nerves you know I need I need to fight with her you know like but that's why I need excuses so um with with my friend um she used to do because she's also autistic because there's always this thing that she did um stimming yeah stimming so she used to stim when she feels nervous about a big group she would just like rock and just mumble like "Mm," and then the teachers will be like stop you're distracting and I looked and I thought excuse me why are you talking like that I mean no disrespect to the teachers and I know they were trying to do the best but like I just like say to myself how could you say to a pupil like that and then a few of my classmates who weren't disabled they actually said no you're distracting everybody and you need to sit still and I thought 
excuse me, that is a really big no And she had a go. She really like stood up for herself, really. She said, you can't tell me what to do just because I'm epileptic and because I can't help it. And this is the very sad thing about it because we still got a long way to go, really. And it's just a shame, really, that no one would just accept for being people. what they they have. It's like, what it is, um, there's a lot of pessimism within people. The, the stigma pessimism, pessimism going hand in hand, a very bad hand, with people with hidden disabilities and who have a habitual pattern as well. When you talk, when you talk about the rocking thing and everything like that, I can work with that. I'd be like, oh, wait, you're rocking rolling, yeah. But like, literally, I think because of my element of comedy, I can easily just tune in with them and be like, yeah, so what's up? Yeah, all right, you want some water? All right, then, come, take some, take some of this. All right, cool. You know, that kind of thing. And literally, and I just get on with it. But with a lot of people, which I'm glad you did pick up on, they still have that ignorance where it's like, I'm right, you're wrong. When I'm wrong, I'm still right. You know, I'm so wrong with that. Hold on, what kind of Matilda film is this? Hold on. Like, we're just... <laughs> don't make me go get a book and go and whack it on your head. Like, <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> the big one. Gonna call it again encyclopedias. Yeah, come on, give them some encyclopedias and go cyclone it on your head. People do stand up for themselves as well. And I just always think if you stand up for yourself, good for you. Because um because yes. it's it's very brave of them to do that, really. It is really tough though, because like I said, back in my the, the bad experiences, don't get me wrong, there's been good and bad. There's always yin and yang, you know, with, with every place you go to, every walks of life. But in particular, at Chicken Shed, I remember those, literally, it's only a few people, you know, and they made a huge impact in a bad way where they were, like, being controlling, manipulative, bossy, you name it, every name under the sun, you know, female dog, you know, okay, I want to get a female, they're barking up the wrong tree, I think, who are you barking at, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that's two chicken bones in your freaking head, yeah, I would, listen, I was not playing, and again, they're going, you're not from here, are you? What south are you from? I said, I'm from the real gates of the south. I'm trying to tell you, you know, I can come up here with my cousins, my cousins, my mates, my pets, my, my this, my that, you know, my siblings, and we'll literally, we win, and we'll go back home, eat some rice and peas and chicken. But you guys can't come out to South London and still carry on like that, because you know what time it is. We're like, but like, if you look at the history between south and east, I'm not rather than areas now, we're very loud. We're very boisterous, but in a good way because we're proud of where we come from. And when you add culture into it as well, so I'm originally, like I said, originally a Lambeth Brixton girl. Look how many writers have been around there from before my mum was even born. You know what I'm saying? Like, we still carry that flag, but North London is kind of a bit lagging behind. It's a bit like a DVD, like you bought from a bootleg. It's like, what, what, what? Like, as you go past that like, Cricklewoods, Kilburn, you're like, wait, where's the Jamaican shop? Where's the, what? I can't get a patty. What, what do you mean just Turkish kebab and just Greek cakes? Even though it tastes nice, I ain't gonna lie. But like, <laughs> fish and chips, I like that. But where's the, where's the other good stuff? You know what I mean? Like, which is... <laughs> oh. you go beyond that point? You're like, yeah, there's, well, there's none of me. Yeah. <laughs> South London, we're more diverse. And oh, what's the other word? Inclusion. Yeah, we have more inclusion. We include you with a doggy bag as well. We'll let you take that as well. 
Oh, that that's really good though, because inclusion is the most important word, really, and it does play a part right. play a part in people's lives, really. Because I never heard of the word conclusion until I was nineteen, and oh, did you it, say conclusion or inclusion? Yeah, 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 in inclusion. Yeah, I never heard of the word inclusion until I was nineteen, and yeah, I, I just think, oh, wow, how how did I miss this? Like, I say we've used that word a long time ago. We know what is we didn't use the word inclusion. We say come on in, you know, it's getting cold. Or when we say um inclusive, we say that a lot. And then it got it, it, it started becoming like a trend. I'm like, why is it trending now on Twitter? What's going on? You know, so what a little bird like Twitter tweet, you have to go on like tweet this to make make you guys understand like, what we're trying to fight for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh no, it, it is trending on social media because I know that um, yeah. some uh, people with epilepsy use it, but mostly um, autistic people use it as well on social media because it's like a really yeah. big thing at the moment. Yeah, that's what that's what my brothers were saying as well. Because one of my brothers is 22 and the other one's 13. So he's going for his teenage adolescence. So he's got autism and ADHD, whilst the other one's just autistic. So I call them ice and fire, you know. So uh, yeah, because one of them's cool, the other one's more, you know. So it's like, all right. That is not. Oh, oh no, that that's like when it's siblings, really. Sometimes uh, some of them like really can't, but then uh, everyone's like re- really wild, really. I know someone who's the second youngest of four children, and it's oh, manic. Man. I make a joke that I say just one line. I go, um, in my house, it contains autistic, epileptic, and hectic. That's my mother. You know, I don't know how she handles us. Like really. <laughs> oh that's really good I love that term really I think I, I might just have to steal that at some point <laughs> write it down <laughs> but then also we'll, we'll probably move on because you've done something very incredible on your YouTube channel since you started your epilepsy campaign which um, is called purple today black tomorrow which that's I right. recently watched and I cannot stress this enough. I would really highly recommend watching the video. It, it was really inspiring. And you were going so deep into your experiences with epilepsy, as well as talking about your recent brain operation that you went yeah, through. It's been eight and a half months since I had the brain operation. I'm not sure if I can up here. I'm going to put screen screens. I'm using tablet right now. So yeah, up here, my hair's grown though, but which is nice. Woo. Yeah, so... um had that but um it's still heat in internally i'm still going through the healing process you know especially during these surreal times of like the covid and stuff i can't believe august 2020 i had a brain operation in harley street <laughs> and it's just like and i'm alive you know what i'm saying because i had a i had a minor stroke after the um brain operation as well so that's why i'm not spoiling it but you'll see that my face on the elements of that video it's slightly kind of contor- it's, it's a contortion like where you got one side looking like this the other one looking like you know normal yeah because yeah. of the, the minor stroke and i was warned about that my mom me and my mom were warned before we you know signed the thing to say they can operate me but it's tough and i'm still healing now having epilepsy for 20 like, yeah nearly all my life 29 28 years it's it's hard it's it's, so, it's when people say oh how do you feel now i feel weird you know, it's, it's very hard to explain because you've never, I still have epileptic seizures now, but not complex partial ones. I have absent ones. So where literally I could be like this and be like, and I went, oh, what was that kind of thing? So it's still happening that I'm still taking medication, still get my um, neuro- neurological reviews. Um, 
from hospital. Um, I'm, I'm going to be put back on the neuropsychiatrist list because I have to talk to somebody, get things out on your head kind of thing, because emotionally, mentally, it is really frustrating when you can't meet your friends, you can't go anywhere. You, like, when I had my birthday celebration, I couldn't invite everybody, you know? I would, I would want you to come around and get yourself a nice doggy bag that we do down here in South London. Like, we don't muck about. We'll, we'll literally... We'll feed you cake, crisps, friggin' hot food, everything. It'll, it'll feel like you went into a, a buffet. <laughs> get you some Pepsi and Coca-Cola. There you go. No sponsorship. But yeah, get you some Sprite or something. <laughs> I know that. I, I love really when I have like alcoholic drinks. But I don't really drink much because of because uh, with epilepsy, it's really difficult because um sometimes if you yeah, get it drunk, can it can it. put you in the dangerous situation. Yeah. But I know with uh, vodka and coke, Mwah, that is perfect. <laughs> the thing is, I couldn't even drink on my birthday. That's the thing. I couldn't, like, to be fair, I haven't, even before the operation, that I didn't drink, you know. So that's why I think my body's kind of reacting differently. I'm, I'm going from chunky to Miss Lovely, like over here, like you see this here, you know, it's, it's becoming a bit more like that. Yeah. Well, not Tudors, but yeah, a bit more. <laughs> I'm going back to size like, 14 I'm going oh what's going on you know so every day I'm, I'm before I go sleep I'm praying that you know that my um my pair of um breasts grow as well I'll be like can they please be a size that um I can go on a bus for free with you know <laughs> if you lose your oyster card you'll be like hi I lost them yeah I was just sorry about that you know what I mean like just, <laughs> I need to walk through the barrier like, <laughs> like, oh here you go madam yeah <laughs> Oh, that, that, that's just like crazy. But then with um, your brain operation, did it inspire you to do the campaign or did you actually wanted to do the campaign for such a long time? Well, it, I did for a long time, but it was how to do it because what it includes is not just a fact of being epileptic because there's a, there's a line that I say in there. It, say, it says disability may have no colour, but if you add black in it, it will make, get people talking. You see what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, like, it's crazy, though, because um, I, I know that uh, there's a lot of celebrities out there. They feel worried about opening up because of their epilepsy. And I recently found out the other day that Elton John has epilepsy. But yeah, I, I found out as well. I found yeah. out him and then Prince, God rest his soul, he had epilepsy. And um, uh, is it Danny Glover, the actor? Really? He, he said it's Danny Glover. Oh my nah, God. nah, nah, nah. I'm talking about the, um, you know, Lethal Weapon um, 1 and 2, um, the black guy in America. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, they're coming to America, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, who else? There's a couple other people, some legends out there who um, have epilepsy. And I was like, oh my God. So it, it, with that being said, even though they're people, I'm not putting them on a pedestal, but they are human beings who have the same thing that I do and they have succeeded in their careers and they're still going, the ones who are still alive anyway, um, still doing their thing, you know? But there are other people saying the world of comedy, there's only been white comedians, you know, who are disabled, who, who are either cerebral palsy, like um, Lost Voice Guy, you know, I did a gig with him, well, two gigs actually, um, with him, you know, um, online and stuff. I think he's, he's amazing. He's, he's hilarious. And um, I remember on that lineup, 
I was the only black person there. And everybody else was either white, Greek, Turkish, you know, European, basically. Um, or, no, sorry, one, one um, Asian, one, one Indian. And I was the only black one there. And I was just like, okay, I've got to do something. And this was like, I think four months after the brain operation, where, you know, my brain was working a bit more, um, like, like Big Ben clock. And uh, I was thinking, I've got to do something here. This, this, this ain't right. Um, I've, got to, I've got to be heard. That's, the, that's what I'm looking for, that word. I've got to be heard. You know, because if I don't say it, then who else, who, who will, who will say something, you see? So then I told my brother, my brother helped me out to structure the thing because I'm dyslexic as well. So I, I'm not really good at writing things down. So my brother helped me with that. Even though he's autistic, he is intelligent. And then I called up um, Jack, who we both know from Chicken Shed. Yeah, Jack Hoskins, yeah. Yeah, to do the narration because... He has that voice that where you do want to hear him. Anybody in this world, he has that voice where you, you want to hear him. You want to hear, you want to literally tune in. So you'll hear him in the intro and the outro. And he says really important, significant stuff whilst I do the rest in between. And then let the, let the pictures say something, you know, because they never say that pictures a thousand words. And all thanks to them too, my brother and Jack, we made something and we didn't have to rely. I mean, again, not being cheeky, we didn't have to rely on chicken shed holding our hands, giving us the acceptance. Oh, you you can do this t- tomorrow. You can do it. Da, 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 da. No, we just do it ourselves. Especially during these surreal times of lockdowns and the COVID going on, the pandemic. You know, it gave it gave like all three of us a peace of mind for a moment on doing that. You know, and I'm still to this day, like even after uh, um we're going to Zoom, I've got to send the video over to many more people, campaigners, charities, uh, Epilepsy Action, who have contacted me as well. I'm so um, amazed with that. And um, other well-known famous faces who I've probably met when I was younger or ones who I haven't met who have family members who have epilepsy. Like, to be honest, though, I mean, this video, it deserves a lot more attention because when I looked at it before the interview, um, as of like May, it's still about nearly at 500 views. But I think we you can do more than that, really, because it, it does need to be higher than 500 views because the campaign Definitely. deserves to be heard. Five million. I'm trying to reach up there to start. I'm trying to reach. <laughs> oh like imagine if you could go up to five million with the video i mean it will be absolutely amazing because not only it will just break the stigma but it will break like um the like the stereotypes of epilepsy as well especially within the black community exactly thank you because what i'm trying to do now is the fact that i'm trying to get people talking trying to get them to talk about it break that ice barrier that was made generations ago. So like my grandma's times, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially in the Caribbean, we still do have that kind of, oh no, you're sick. Oh no, you're bad. Mm-mm. No man, what with you? You know, kind of, we still have that, you know? It's, um, and it's sad, but we have to, like I said, that's why I said knowledge and education has no age. The same with comedy has no age. You know, everyone can still laugh and learn at the same time and grow. I know that um, you've talked so much within the UK in- entertainment industry, but um, looking at it, um, how has the UK entertainment industry increased your confidence? Oh, that's a good one. Um, it's done that. It's done a sort of like a like a tidal wave, like a yo-yo. 
one minute it's pushing me down because when you're a comedian, you go on stage, if you ain't done well, it tits up. I mean, you just really, you feel like it's a bad day for, for life. But when it's a good day, you're like, oh, this is, I can do this now, I'm breaking the barriers now. And then now that I'm part of a group associated with the British Film Institution as known as BFI, which is along the riverside in central London, um, it feels like you've got people that, it's a support group who are in the industry as well as actors, producers and directors. So that's a good thing as well. And even, yeah, even Jack's part of that as well. So you can ask him how it's like. Um, it's really influ influential because people are being heard about within their circumstance, their story, you know, um, on being in the industry, how it's like being different in the industry. Mm. So it gets it gets more people talking and getting getting them connected, which is a very good thing. So with things like that of being connected, it's a it's like when people say, "Oh, network, you know, just go network." That's not it's not easy just network, you know, especially when you have a disability. It's about one having that confidence, being comfortable who you're talking to, you know, um, and stuff, and then get the ball rolling. It takes time. Well, you it know, definitely does I've take time. Recently, take one step at a time. And I was like, oh, God. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I, <laughs> learned, I learned my lesson. I was like, oh, great. Like, Jeez, man. Because oh, thing is, I have that internal, like, I'm not saying I'm childish, but I have that inner child where I'm like, I want it now. What do you mean? No. Like, life's too short. I'm going to be three decades. not old. Like, I just want it now. And then all of a sudden I learned uh, over the last couple of weeks, take one step at a time. No. That kind of thing. <laughs> Look after yourself. Stay healthy first. Health matters before anything else. I'm like, it's true, but I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I know jumping into that really, but um, what do you think the comedy industry within the in entertainment industry should include more um, black comedians as well as epileptic comedians as well because I know with you talking about that just now Dominique um, yeah. it, it's always like good to in include more so how do you think more needs to be done? Well the thing is I think well me personally from my uh, perspective it all starts at home what I mean is like I said when you heard me represent South London to the fullest a lot more Caribbean and also African, uh, mostly West African, I, I assume, that like areas like Peckham, um, will come from here. And if you've got East, you've got mostly Hackney, you know, that borough there, it's all about first starting from, from here. Because you remember, oh, here's a good thing I should have actually mentioned earlier. There are three sides of comedy. There is urban, which is predominantly black. There is mainstream, which is predominantly white and male. Um, and then you've got alternative, which it could be Jewish, could be uh, Asian, could be LGBTQIA++. I'm not sure I missed any other letters. I'm dyslexic. I'm so sorry. Then you've got, yeah, uh, like I said, uh, Chinese or whatever. The other ones. And oh, yeah, disability. Yeah, alternative comedy. So you've got all that in the barrel. And it's all like, ah, whose side getting hurt? Da, 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 da. But comedy, again, has no colour, has no description, no not, no creed. But because we're in the industry where it's more capitalised and not all who can make more money from, can make more, more, more uh, revenue from this person or that act, it's still new. It's still new to the industry. So even though it's new, it's nice. 
give us a chance. Pass me the mic. Give me a spotlight. I took medication for five minutes ago. Right, come, I'm ready. You know, kind of Because <laughs> like I said, it's not about just epilepsy. It's about disability as well. But because mine is hidden, I mean, the only person that also gave me a kick up the backside many years ago, and he's a Paralympian champion, is Abe Adepain. He gave me that, that confidence. That's why on my website, you see a picture of me and him at the BAFTA after party back in 2013. And then we'd go, go you know, kind of thing, you know. And not people realize that's apple juice and, and sparkling water in my, in my glass. I go, you know, and he's there in his, in his wheelchair. And <laughs> I don't make him laugh. Oh, that's absolutely incredible. And then... I'm all thanks to him. I've got that confidence because I can't think of any other black um, player from Paralympians who disabled his wheelchair basketball. And he got to do the BBC One Ident for years. And he got he's now become a, um, a presenter. You know, he gets to travel the world and, and you know, get to that, do stuff for BBC World. So I'm like, if he can do that, I can do that as well. What's going on? When's my turn? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> oh, it, it just gives you a time to shine really and then jumping on through that do you ever consider epilepsy being a hidden disability yeah it's hidden when you when the person's okay if that makes sense so as you can see right now you'd never think that i have a disability disability at all unless i unless i break down and have a seizure or something and you know you'll see other paradigm that was called um those people with the green thingies what they called again a couple of hospitals um paramedics you, I, thought, I was gonna say pandemics i see i'm saying oh no no it, it is confusing to too too so uh paramedics it's just like the one way but then they're so hard to spell really and then i they know i've the got same. my glasses of shame like yeah get lost so like we're just <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. and then um, yeah so pa- paradigmics is that called yeah i know um uh, oh paramedics paramedics that's it medics they D- yeah, the DEM, swap it around, meds, med, med, med yes. go. paramedics, when they come around. If you see them, then you know that I'm epileptic or have some sort of disability. But if you don't see them, you think this is the black girl who loves blue. She's got frigging black top on, you know, it's got black jammies, you know what I mean? I'm sorry, blue ones, sorry. And um, she's just here, isn't it? She's just a lady. She's here with earrings. Like, that's what you think of. But when people get to know you, and that's the problem, we lack communication, especially, um, I think mostly here in this country, I, I, I say that because of my experience in the United States, they're more louder than South London, well, the whole of Britain, to be fair. They're, besides World Cup, you know, like, they're, they're loud every day, Americans, it's just like, whoa, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, Mickey Mouse? Like, you know, kind of, yeah, it's something else, it's a different world, but, what I do love about them is that they have that, like you said earlier, enthusiasm and they're more optimistic than over here. I think, you know, what I think it is. I think because we live in a world, this is only from my perspective, we live in a world of, of benefits. You know, I, I break it down to a lot of people. I say, we have a guy called Ben. He is fit, not as in strong. He just fits in our pocket now and then. Whilst in America, they're not treated fair, but they're treated pretty well, but not well enough, meaning welfare. Mm. you see what I'm saying they're a get-goers whilst we will look more like oh I'm an entrepreneur oh no I'm not you know I'm just gonna lay on my mattress right now on his, on his benefit money yeah I'm just gonna do that rely on the government yeah you know kind of thing and it's that reliability now it's that kind of um thing in the back of your head saying to you oh you can't do it no that that, that kind of um 
invisible narcissistic thing behind you. You know, he's very oh. pessimistic. It's, it's, it's happened to me. Um, but there's times where I have to reach out to someone, either like a good Samaritan that on the phone or something and make that emergency call because you have those feelings inside your way. You feel like, why am I born here? Why am I living? Why, like, you know, you're asking all these questions, yet so little answers. So you've got to literally twist that negativity into a positive motion and get things done. And also at the same time, it's not, it's not bad to show your emotions. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. We, we live in that stiff upper lip country, you know, the, the United Kingdom, you know, God save the queen. But I feel like a queen sometimes. I'm my mum. Like, what about, what about us? Like, <laughs> like, what about you? Like, you feel like a queen because you you got this Zoom thing going on. you got your YouTube thing happening. Like, you know, you're the queen of YouTube. Right? <laughs> well, I, I won't consider myself as a queen, really. But I think, to be honest, though, I Why think not? it's a good point. Yeah. Like, uh, everyone deserves to be a king and queen of something, really, to be honest, even if they're not related to royalty. I'm telling, I'm going to go and do a garden now. I'm like, yes, yeah, you know what? I'm just saying, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, Princess Sarah said um, that she's not like right to the vice like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, goodness. That, that was just so epic. I mean, it, it's always really nice just to have like loads of different things that inspire you and like loads of bits to keep moving because we do need inspiration. Of course. And it's just, like I said, it's, it's bringing on that legacy and keeping it going. That's what it is. Just keep going. People keep giving up when there's, when times are hard. Like, let's be real. There are hard times, you know? Like, again, my birthday was a really hard time for me because I was like, okay, I'm glad I'm turning 30, but this is not what I expected. Why are things not going to what I, because I had a high expectation. So I'm like, and it felt, felt like low value. But then beyond that sadness and um, what's it called depression, yes, you've got to literally think of, okay, here's the happy part. I'm alive. I've got to do this. I've got to continue sending over my epilepsy uh, campaign video via YouTube, um, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and um, email email certain people or agents, you know, who um, who work along or have clients who have epilepsy or family members or something you know mm-hmm. um who who know people like that um or like me you see what I'm saying so it's just things like that I mean it's it's it's, it's a miracle but it's like you've got to put the work into it like even right now we're both on zoom you know whoever thought a year ago we'll both be talking on zoom <laughs> life is just like a great mystery really but it's it's, really, it's wonderful yeah <laughs> So it's so spontaneous, like no one ever expect that. Like, like I said about the video, no one expected me, my brother, Jack, to actually come back, like literally execute that video so well that people go in, What? How did you not make that during these hard times? We made it. Now watch it, enjoy, pass on. You see what I'm saying? Like that, that's what I'm saying. Like Oh, but it's always really good though, because technology is such a blessing, really, just to like do all the stuff. And then I know that we've yeah. got like loads of bits, but I've got to do one final question because I, I, I know that one final question. I always like give this off with a big ban. What advice would you give to everybody if it's an individual, a parent, a carer, if they feel doubtful with epilepsy or if you 
got someone who wants to um, make it into the UK entertainment in- industry and then they're disabled and they could be epileptic or not. What advice yeah. would you give them? Well, you know what? It's kind of like what, uh, it's kind of like that question is that what would I tell my 20 year old self or 16 year old self when I first started? Go for it. Don't be afraid to email either an entertainer if they've got their own email, if, if they have a personal one, or email their agent or manager if you want to go from that route, the industry route. But if you're at society, look for a, not even look for, search for a circle around, whatever you want to call it, a group that you can relate to and they can relate to you. Or if you can't find that and you've tried your hardest, like a thousand percent, create your own. Create your own group. But don't be, but the same thing, you create your own. Don't be um, shutting people off as well. Being inclusive before it was all fashionable inclusive yes or come on in you know let people in so that way you've got conversation with people who are disabled or non-disabled physically or non-physically or um, hidden um that they've got something to talk about because like like we're doing right now we can talk till the cows come home you know like it's something to talk about which hasn't been spoken about for the previous generations because of the stigma mm-hmm. you know um I remember when Epilepsy Action also sent that, that, their video a few weeks ago about um, interviews they've done back in the 50s, 1950s, and how these 50 people with epilepsy in Britain didn't want to be married, didn't want to have children because they were scared that it's um, hereditary. It's like some sort of disease. And I thought, like, that's not nice. Who taught you that? Yeah. You know? It was like, nah. I was like, time to change now then but it hasn't changed that much where it's not like perfection but it's just that thing of getting away that negativity stigma of just not just epilepsy but having anything neurological could be autism epilepsy cerebral palsy um any sort of thing um could be bipolar you know which my auntie has you know and she's still working hard you know being inspirational for many people here in south london so I'm saying so it's just like yeah it's just it's, it's it's just it's a lot and it's emotional like I want to I want to cry but if I cry what's that gonna do it'll get our emotions yeah but I've got to still keep doing things if I if I don't keep doing them then I won't, I won't be heard and really? it's always important with uh, voices to be heard as well because a voice is used for a reason yeah imagine I said that and she said once and then I got in trouble and I was like what okay I was effing and jeffing but it's because I wasn't heard for goodness sakes you know kind of thing <laughs> oh no no that, that's the thing though because um sometimes uh, everyone's born with a reason and a voice is I, I always think that a voice is a powerful instrument and it's a powerful instrument for a reason and it's more powerful than learning a musical instrument that's a good one please write that down <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I will definitely I will definitely will write it down pass on like, to you I will nick it like a record instrument, you know. Like. <laughs> oh, oh no, definitely. I, I think it's definitely one to pass on, really. But I'll definitely write that down. <laughs> oh, that 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 would be really good. And I think it's absolutely true, really. And Dominique, that that's a really good example of this because I know you're such an inspiration to the disability and the black community as well. Because it, yeah. it's always good just to have Ooh, more people. Oh, you know what? Also, the reason my name Brighty, black, disabled female working class and yeah I do gooder not perfect but I'm do gooder you know so that's that's my piece. Uh, <laughs> that's oh, no, a handful. I can't believe it 
<laughs> so I'm representing so much like for the women I'm representing like for people with disabilities I'm representing um a culture representing classism like you know different like classes you know I always tell people from from my area in Southland this is the downside now oh um, I remember saying they were saying to me hey Dom Variety what are you doing down at Mayfair well I'm fair and I'm I'm born in May uh and I'm a Londoner. Like, I, I, why can't I go down there? You can't go down there. Those people won't like you. They don't sound like us. Don't talk like you. Don't walk like you. And they don't even have pigeons down there. They have swans. Yeah, I know. Queen swans. I can't touch them. I feed them, though. <laughs> I more the you know what I mean? <laughs> but, is, but what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to break down that barrier of just because you're... I went to a place where they most talk a bit more like this, you know, and talk a bit more da 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 da. Doesn't mean that I can't be myself and go down there as well and go hello, you know. Like it's just <laughs> oh, awesome. that's the thing. It's breaking those barriers, classism. You know, the working class and the middle class and the aristocrat. You see, everyone keeps forgetting those. The, you know, the bourgeoisie is going to be more, you know, um, political or you know more French. I've met them, and they're human beings. They are lit. They. If they get cut, they bleed. You know what I'm saying? They will say, ouch, they will cry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They'll like, call their mums. <laughs> and then this is like a technical thing as well, because um, in history, there was like, oh, people just have regular blood, but the royals have flu blood. Flu blood, yeah. That's what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, though, but it's just like everyone's human at the end of the day, really. Yeah, it's like, again, it's like Harry Potter, isn't it? Where's Stephen Hermione? Oh, you um, filthy mud blood or something like that. I'm like, who they call him? Wait a minute. <laughs> Beat them up. Come, come through them in the face. If they had a character like me in Harry Potter, yeah, it would be a whole different bit. like, yeah. So um, Harry Potter and his South friend. Yeah, man. So what we're we doing? Found the broom. Yeah, I mean, my broom different. My broom has like Jamaican colours on there and all sorts. Yeah, man, it has like, we got Afro you know, on my broom. Yeah, that's, that's my one. You know, oh. mine has mine has radio speakers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, but it's also like really good though, because I know with the same case as well. My favorite Harry Potter quote with when Hermione gets her own back, doesn't she? And she calls Draco foul, evil little cockroach. <laughs> that that's that... a male sort of letter C, yeah, but obviously we can't say that here. But yeah, it's a kids' movie, so we can't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like one of those things, though. But it's true we do all do need inspiration really it, it, and it doesn't matter where you come from or what background you are and um, what yeah. type of ability or disability you have everyone is the same and we all have exactly. things in their own way yeah you know what i'm saying like my, like my my old man before he died um he used to say to me no matter how rich or poor they eat they sleep they okay i can't say that they poo they pee pee and then they go they 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 eat may eat more food than others but at least they fill their bellies and then they wake up the next day just like you you see what i'm saying that that's how i think i was really young when he said that to me um and i was like oh so they're not really um these high almighty people who fly or who don't walk on the floor who go on these royal roycey thingies i call them roycey Rolled Royces, you know. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool. <laughs> no, because my because my my old man used to work in the um in the car business like back in a called Scott's um way back in the day. So um and he, he used to do he wasn't just an MOT expert, he was a car expertise. So these have things called car saloon where they had like these Rolls Royces, Bentleys and stuff. 
and um, he met a lot of inspiring people, actors, models, or you name it. But he just loves his cars, loves car work and stuff. So, yeah, that men and men and motors. It's just like things like that, you know, going down Park Lane and then going, yeah, I'm here. So, and I'm gonna go back to Stockwell Park in South London and be the same person. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, it's definitely. Just, it's just things like that. So it's a lot of things that we have to do in the industry as well as society, especially here in the capital, as well as other parts of Britain. We have to change that narrative because it's not it's not fair. You know, be it one person gets treated one way either because of the disability or one person gets treated another way because of their class or um, how much their net worth is. I don't care. A net is a net. Are you worthy? I think it's also how you're brought up as well. If your if your family has a, a continuous type of um, behavior, what only oh, takes one person to stop it, you know, oh. to stop to stop that that type of um, that type of attitude. Going back to Harry Potter, Malfoy family, they're what's it called the Aryan. You know, it, it, it gives you when I think of that family, blonde hair, blue eyes. They think they're all that, and I'm going. You know what? In, if you're sleeping, I'm gonna put some brunette or some Alban hair dye in your sleep and see what happened then <laughs> oh, well, oh well Dominique it was wonderful to talk to you and thank you so much for coming on today and thank you for sharing your own positive enthusiasm and a lot of giggles as well and then if you want yeah, to man, check I out see, I see your cheeks just glowing I'm like yes <laughs> oh, oh no, it's definitely good <laughs> I mean we do need a lot of good laughter and all of that you have to especially at times like these you have to <laughs> if you want to check out Dominique's uh, page, then you have to Google Variety D. Or... Yeah, Variety Space Little D, not not D double I'm not no rapper. Um, like yeah, basically, or check me out on www.varietyd.co.uk or on social media at Variety D or um Instagram Variety D and yeah, YouTube. Well, check out check out YouTube video Purple Today, Black Tomorrow. It's a really, really, really hard-hitting video and just gets people talking. I know, it definitely got got me talking about it as well because hence, um, we wouldn't have this. <laughs> so it, it's all really amazing. And yeah, Dominique, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you coming out and hopefully take care of yourself and keep on inspiring people. I'll try to with my old, old three-decade self. I can't believe this. I mean, help me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I never expected this. I thought 30 would be like a hundred years from now. But I mean, I hope I look decent for a 30-year-old. I mean, this is really something. I mean, I'm getting crow's feet right now. This is really no. This oh. oh, but but definitely keep inspiring people. And you're never too old because 30 is a very young age, really. But yeah. Oh, that's thank you, Dominique. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> yeah, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you soon. And hopefully if you're on another performance as well, I'll come and uh, have a watch and give you support. And there we go. That was me and Dominique's interview. I really hoped you enjoyed it. And if you want to have a look at her campaign video, you could always check it up on YouTube channel on the Variety D and then also on her website as well. And until then, everybody, I will see you next month for another special episode. But in the special episode for June, we are going to be talking about autism and Crohn's. And then, yeah, I hope you have a 
wonderful day and I'll see you next month. Take care. Bye-bye.